Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Would you like to be energized, recover well, and prevent injury as you prepare for your next half marathon? Join Karen and I today, and we'll take you through our three suggested nutritional milestones for half marathon training. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi everyone, I'm Karen and I'm here as always with Aileen and our topic for today is half marathon nutritional milestones. So we'll be sharing lots of advice on fueling for your next half marathon training. But before we get started, I would just like to welcome back our regular listeners. And if you're listening for the first time, a really warm welcome to you. And we do hope that you enjoy this episode and all the others that have gone before and also the many that we still have to follow. Now, Aileen and I really enjoy our podcasting, um, but we also love it when we hear from you. So please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Just to introduce yourselves, maybe share a little about your running and your nutrition goals, because it really does help us to plan future topics for the podcast. Now, we also do have some free downloadable ebooks at our website. So that's runnershealthhub.com. All you need to do is look at the top menu bar um, for free nutrition uh, guides, scroll down and you'll see the selection that we have. Now, one of the most popular ones is top running snacks and nutrient timing. And that's there to help fuel your running. And it goes alongside much of the advice that we do share on these episodes. So we really hope it helps you alongside um, the podcast episodes as well. So let's get started with today's episode. So hi, Aileen. Um, I just wondered if you could maybe tell everyone why we're talking about the subject today. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Lovely to be here again. Um, well, this topic um, 
is really important because I think um, many runners neglect their nutrition when training for a half marathon. Often the focus is on race day nutrition and they forget that paying attention to nutrition during training will actually be really supportive. It will help them be energized. It will help them recover well and also will help prevent injuries. So you might remember if you've been listening to us um, for uh, over a year that this time last year we had um, a great North Run milestone series and that was helping runners prepare for their training, their nutrition, um, with mindset and also with injury prevention and healing. Um, so today I thought uh, we'd sort of take a look at the key nutritional milestones, which we did discuss uh, back in that series, but I think it's always good to have a refresher and hopefully that's going to support everyone in uh, their half marathon training over the next few months. So what we're going to talk about are, are three milestones. So I, I've um, separated them up really into milestone one, which would be what you need to do when you're running up to 90 minutes, easy training, easy running. Uh, milestone two is what you need to do beyond 90 minutes. And now we're going to focus on pre, during and post fueling. And milestone three is what you need to do on your long training runs. And that will also help with knowing um, what to eat um, on race day too. Um, but it's really to get you fueled correctly for the long training run in your training week. And the distances that you tend to be running for the long runs are getting up to that half marathon distance, you know, whether it's 11, 12, 13 miles. So those are the, the milestones that we're going to talk about, Karen. Okay, that's great. Thanks for that, Aileen. So lots to chat about and discuss. So shall we start with milestone one? So that's easy running up to 90 minutes. Now, the distance that you cover will really depend on how fit you are and also how fast you are. And I think having that 90 minute duration in your mind helps with nutrition planning. Now, the guidelines are really simple when it comes to this. When you're running distances up to 90 minutes in duration, for most runners, there isn't really any need to add in sports-specific nutrition. And by that, I mean sort of pre, during, post training nutrition to support your running and recovery. However, good foundational everyday nutrition for um for that uh, level of running is still going to be really important so bear that in mind yeah and that's a really good sort of uh, concept to um stick in your mind really and um if you've been listening to us for a while you'll know that nutritional foundations are really really important and but it's always a good idea just to check in and see how you're doing so um you know i know we talk about these things all the time karen and i don't mean to uh, bore people with saying the same things again but I don't think it does any harm as a refresher so check in are you eating regularly and for most people that means three meals a day spaced out usually about five hours apart um, we always recommend eating protein at every meal so protein choices like meat poultry fish eggs dairy or plant-based protein like beans or pulses Remember to have a balanced plate at every meal. So for everyday nutrition for this up to 90 minutes uh, timeline that we're talking about, we would suggest a quarter of a plate of protein, a quarter of a plate of complex carbohydrates. So things like brown rice, pasta, whole grain bread, 
uh, root vegetables like potatoes or um, sweet potatoes, squash, beetroot, any of the starchy vegetables would be great. And also remember to have half a plate of non-root veggies and salads. Now, we refer to this as our everyday or our easy training athletes plate. uh, And that's the one that you should be following sort of day in and day out. If you do need a snack, um, remember to choose a healthy nutrient dense snack, which combines protein and carbohydrate. And remember also to minimize the junk foods and the processed foods and try to swap as many of those for fresh, healthier foods. So those are the foundations. And uh, I think I'd just say to everybody, just, you know, check with yourself. Are you doing it all? Are there areas that you could improve upon or um, up level a little bit? Yeah, and I do agree with you, Elaine. I think it's always good to be reminded of these foundations. Yes, maybe lots of people do have these in in place, but just kind of checking in with yourself. Are you still following that consistently on a day-to-day basis? Um, That might be a question to to ask. You may be doing it some of the time, but maybe um, it's worth checking in. Are you doing it enough? Now, another important foundation that we, um, we believe in is hydration. Now, if you're an experienced runner, you'll probably be able to run this sort of 90 minute distance without taking on additional hydration. However, you should always make sure that you are well hydrated before you go running and um, take water with you if the weather is hot. But always remember to drink water after your run as well. So. What I would add there is if you're a beginner runner, you might want to practice carrying a water bottle and sipping water during your run so that when you do get to the longer distances, you've got that practice in and you know what it feels like. If you don't want to carry a, a, a bottle in your hand, then maybe you could consider purchasing a running belt with an added water bottle holder. Now, this is certainly what I do because I do like to have my hands free when I'm running because we do use our hands and our arms, although we kind of class it as lower body exercise, but we are using our whole body and our arms and the way that we move our arms is really important um, in being energy efficient when we run. So being hands free is helpful. Um, But for everybody, you know, good everyday hydration really should be a foundation. So thinking about including 1.5 to 2 litres of water every day um, for everyday living and activities and then increasing that as your training dictates, really. Great. So we've covered the foundation. So we've covered the eating foundations and the hydration foundations. Um, so, Karen, I'm wondering if you have any more specific advice around uh, nutrition milestones at this particular duration of training, this 90 minute duration. Yeah, one thing I would definitely add here is that if you are an early morning runner, so you know, people like myself who aren't you, Aileen, who just get up and out first thing in the morning, you might want to try um, what we call running in the fasted state. Now, this means basically going out for your run um, following an overnight fast. So no food after your evening meal and then you're running before you then eat your breakfast. Now, the benefits of doing this um, running in the fasted state 
is that it allows for for a higher level of what's known as fat oxidation. So using that fat as fuel. But this really is only beneficial during exercise that's performed at low to moderate intensity. So that is worth bearing in mind for high intensity training. You don't want to be doing it in the fasted state and should really only be done two to three times a week. So really for those easy run days. And also, over time, what happens is that this exercising in the fasted state can really help increase the relative intensity at which that maximal fat oxidation occurs. And as we know, that efficient use of fat as fuel could help support with the optimal body composition but could also help to preserve the glycogen stores, which is especially important in endurance running. So when you get to your long half marathon training runs, you want to be able to preserve your glycogen stores for as long as possible. Right. So so although we're saying everyday nutrition works for the 90 minutes, it's a really good opportunity to practice this faster state running if you're an early morning runner. And just to remember that it should be done in the morning before breakfast. It should be for low intensity running under 90 minutes. And, um, you know, so even if you're only going out for 30 minutes, it still works. It's still good for you. Um, and you should complete um, you know, when you've completed your run, eat your normal healthy breakfast based around the plate balance that we've we've talked about. Um, and it's OK to drink water before and during your run. So that's fine. Um, now, what about people that run at different times of the day, Karen? Is there anything that they particularly need to be thinking about? Yeah, I would say for runners who do their, their, these length um, of runs at other times of the day, really sh- you should be scheduling your pre-run meal, um, whether that may be breakfast, lunch or evening meal, uh, just scheduling it so that it's about two hours before you run, really just to allow plenty of time for, for digestions, digestion rather. Now, sometimes it can be tricky to schedule a meal to fit that time frame. Um, For instance, if you like a late afternoon run or an early evening run before your evening meal. And what I would say is in these instances, just um, plan to have a a food snack, so a substantial snack, maybe one to two hours before you go out for your run. And if you are planning to eat your snack, say two hours before you run, then um, just make sure that your snack is a combination of protein and complex, so those slow-release carbohydrates. Make sure that it's a mix of the two. You don't want to be taking on the quick-release carbohydrates when you've still got two hours to go before you're going running. Yeah, so that's really helpful, I think, for people to think about um, when they're running later in the day. So just to give you a few examples of um, maybe a protein and carbohydrate snack. Um, So some of the things that I like would be a protein smoothie. I think that's a really easy thing to have. It's a great thing to travel with if you might want to take one and have it sort of before you have a run uh, late in the afternoon before you come home from work, maybe. So I like um, a scoop of protein powder with some almond milk and maybe some frozen mango blended into it. or if you're at home, perhaps a slice of wholemeal toast with nut butter and some banana slices or, or maybe an egg. Um, 
thinking about porridge or overnight oats with seeds and berries they're, they're always really popular and again the kind of things that can be eaten at any time of day it doesn't have to be a breakfast choice mm. um and equally a homemade flapjack with nuts and dried fruit that would be a good thing to have at any time of the day really so there's, there's plenty of choice there when it comes to choosing a, a protein carbohydrate snack um now Karen, you you talked about um that two hour window but what if somebody has less than two hours before their run what what should they be eating yeah so like we were saying and and you've just spoken about earlier regarding the food choices if it's about two hours beforehand then you you're looking more at the slow release carbohydrates combined with protein however if you've got less than one hour before starting your run that's when you would maybe think about um introducing a more quick release carbohydrate food to ensure that it's it's digested and absorbed quickly and efficiently so some examples of quick release carbohydrate snacks could be um, fresh fruit, so maybe banana, pineapple, mango, also dried fruits. So medjool dates are our favourites as always. So maybe having a couple of medjool dates or roughly 40 grams of raisins. So that's like a small packet of raisins. And, um, and, and that small packet will actually provide you with 30 grams of carbohydrates, quick release carbohydrates, so really quite a high amount. And then clearly you've got bars and gels. Now, the brands that we like are the most natural ones available on the market, and they include um, Honey Stinger, Vela Forte, Huma, Tribe, and we also like the Ella Kitchen fruit pouches um, because they're just you know, pureed fruit, basically, there's nothing else in there. They do also have savoury ones as well. And some people do prefer more of a savoury taste than a sweet taste. So they do a really good um, sweet potato one. So you might want to to try that out instead. So lots of lovely natural um, um, gel and bar brands out there. Yeah, so there's no reason not to have a snack an hour before you start running um, mm. if you're having a run later in the day. Um, so let's um, let's just think about how that might work in practice, Karen. So say I have my normal lunch at one o'clock and my evening meals planned at 7.30 and my evening run is scheduled for around about six o'clock, then what I could do is plan a protein carb snack around four o'clock. So that would give me two hours before my run. Or if I didn't have time to do that, I could have a quick release snack. You know, one of the things that you've just mentioned between sort of five and five thirty just before I go out running. So that's the sort of an idea of how you would fit it into your day. And now the other thing that, um, you know, we, we recommend to people and that some runners choose to do is, they sometimes will split their, their meal around running. So they might eat half before the run and half after their run. And that works quite well with, for some people, particularly if you're doing a later race, a, a later run in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it gives you the right amount of nutrition, but it's not overloading your digestive system. Yeah, exactly. And I tend to do that when I go to running club in the evening. I'll have half of my dinner before I go, about an hour before or an hour and a half before I go. And then I have the other half when I come back. So because it's quite late then if you're an evening runner, it's quite late. So you don't want to be eating anything really heavy. And another good food if you're eating after um, an evening run is soups. You know, you yeah. can 
really um, nutrient dense and plate balanced soups. So um, so that's something else to consider as your evening meal on on the days that you're running in the evening. But anyway, moving on. That thanks for all of that, Alien. I really liked your um, your example. I thought that was a really nice outline of of what you could do depending on what time of the day you are you are um, running and how you could how you could work around the meals and the snacks that you need so so what we've just to round that up what so for milestone one we've what we suggest is that is that you focus on getting the nutrition basics in place and really having all these foundations in place 80 percent of the week because that's really going to support your energy and making energy um making energy and also preventing energy slumps. And that's going to really help with supporting healthy body composition, hormonal balance, and, and even mind and mood symptoms as well. So um, so really important to, to consider these nutrition basics at all times. Now, if you'd like more information on this, we do suggest that you listen to episode 11. So way back in the back catalogue, um, Nutrition Basics for All Runners, or maybe read the accompanying blog on our website and um, we will add the the links to to the show notes here. Okay, so now let's move on to what to fuel when you are, um, you're running durations of over 90 minutes. So what type of fueling is it that we need for those uh, running, running distances, running times of over 90 minutes? So Aileen, back to you. Okay, so um, when you're at this stage of your training, this is a time where it's vital that you focus on pre, during and post fueling. And it's a really great opportunity to practice having the foods that you're going to eat on race day too. Um, so if we start by thinking about pre-run fueling, so the focus of fueling, um, you know, all the way through, so before, during and after an endurance run is to keep your glycogen stores topped up so glycogen is the stored energy from the carbohydrates now the body will um, convert carbohydrate into glycogen and then it's stored in the liver and the muscles and there's a limited amount of storage space as you would imagine Um, so the liver can store up to 100 grams of glycogen and um, the muscles um 500 grams and that's why glycogen is a limiting factor in running performance so you can see how easy it would be to run out of glycogen and that's why we've got to keep everything topped up so that's the reason really to plan that pre-run meal or snack and it's going to be really supportive when you're running for 90 minutes duration or, or longer so um, we mentioned earlier that you know if you are a if you're an early morning runner, you might be used to running in a faster state, and so it might feel a bit alien to you to start adding in a pre-run breakfast or snack. Um, but we really recommend you do it, and it, it's really important. And my tip is that if you are doing a long run day, just make sure that you're really super organised. So what I tend to do, and you you do as well, I know Karen is you prepare your pre-run breakfast maybe the night before so it's ready and then you eat it as soon as you wake uh, and then you get dressed and that gives yourself enough time to digest your meal before you start your run and if it's an easy to digest meal an hour is often long enough at that time of the morning you might need a little bit longer 
I think it just depends on your individual situation, but practice and see see how it works for you because you don't want to go out running with a heavy tummy, um, but it's really important that you're fueled. Yeah, exactly that. I, I agree with that, Aileen. And, and again, if you are a beginner runner or you're just moving up to this this distance of half marathon training, then it is going to feel quite alien, alien to you. So it might be that you need a bit uh, a bit longer than just an hour, but you can work down towards that as the body becomes um, adjusted to it and the digestive system adjusts to receiving food before running. It does become much easier. So some suggestions for a pre-run meal or snack would include um, if it's two hours before having a high protein carbohydrate breakfast meal. And so, for example, scrambled eggs and toast or overnight oats, um, as we've mentioned, with maybe nut butter and berries or maybe a porridge. Um, But if it's later in the day, you could think about having a baked sweet potato with cottage cheese and salad. Um, uh, You know, like we always say, the the, the principal thing here is to follow that plate balance when you've got that length of time before you start to run. And um, sort of following the easy training athlete's plate principles there. However, if you've only got an hour available before you you go out, maybe a nutrient-dense smoothie uh, would be a good idea here because it's liquid. Therefore, it's not going to be much of a strain on the digestive system, but will still um, contain a good combination of the nutrients that are needed, so the carbohydrates and the protein. So, for example, you could add berries, flaxseed, yogurt or kefir, um, and also oats, and that that makes it very balanced and nutrient dense. Now, if you only have forty five minutes available to you, because everybody is different, and also again, it will um, it will depend what time of the day that you run. But if you've only got forty five minutes available, then there you would want to choose a quick release carbohydrate food again for that efficiency in digestion and absorption. So you might want to choose a food like a, a, a banana, the dried fruit like the medjool dates that we mentioned or maybe think about making your own energy bars we've given you some ideas of um of natural products but but if you if you enjoy being in the kitchen and cooking you could and baking you could make your own energy bars as well great so lots of nice ideas there karen mm-hmm. um so that's the pre-run meal or snack that we've been talking about so the next thing to practice is during run fueling and again this is sort of quite particular and it takes a little bit of getting used to a little bit of practice but as we said earlier the few the, the focus of fueling during an endurance run is to keep your glycogen uh, stores uh, topped up so it's really important to introduce some quick release carbohydrates early on in the run so there's lots of advice around this um, and it's up to you really to try things out and and uh, work out the time frames that suit you. But the general advice would be to introduce these quick release carbohydrate foods within 45 minutes to one hour of starting your run. Now, I personally start mine about 30 minutes into my run um, because that just seems to suit my uh, digestion and metabolism better. Um, and what I would suggest is just to keep practicing and discover what works best for you um, and then continue to eat these quick release carbohydrate foods at regular intervals 
throughout your run. So depending on what works for you, it might be every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes, every 60 minutes. But the important thing is to have some consistency and uh, keep doing it regularly during your run. So, Karen, thinking about that, um, what foods should runners choose for these um, during run um, fueling? And is there any guidance on how much we should be consuming during a training run? Yes, well, the the general advice on how much to consume uh, again, it will be individual, but the the general recommendation is to consume between thirty grams to sixty grams of quick release carbohydrate foods every hour. And really, I would say to, it's important to practice building up to to the certainly the sixty grams um, per hour and do that in training. And and I think that's really important so that it ensures your nutrition and your timing is is sorted and ready for race day. And to give you an idea um, of of foods and quantities of of foods, then you know I mentioned the raisins earlier. So forty grams of raisins provides thirty grams of carbohydrates. So. You know, to start with, you could be having half a packet of raisins every 30 minutes if people follow your your uh, way of doing it, Aileen. I think that does seem to be a nice way of doing it. It also gives you something to focus on throughout the run um, because it doesn't take long for 30 minutes to pass. So you're always looking for that um, towards that next snack. Um, so that's a way of doing that. Um, and then as you build up tolerance, digestive tolerance, you could then have um, a, ho- a whole packet of raisins every 30, uh, 30 minutes. Now, Medjool dates also um, is a good one and one that we always recommend. And two dates there will provide 36 grams of carbohydrate. So, again, you could have one date every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes to ensure that you're getting sufficient um, quick-release carbohydrates throughout your run. Now, the Ella's Kitchen pouches that we mentioned, so the mango, the banana, the sweet potato, um, um, or really any equivalent natural fruit puree. It doesn't need to be Ella's Kitchen, but we just really like their products. Now, they tend to contain between 10 to 14 grams of carbohydrates per sachet. So, so slightly lower, but still a decent amount. And especially if you prefer to kind of drink your calories rather than eat your calories when you're running. Um, um, so, so that would be my my suggestions, Aileen, for for during the during the during training during running. Yeah, that's great, Karen, and it just gives everybody um, some guidance about how much really. And I like the idea of starting small and and building up. So, as I said, I, I prefer to have my carbohydrate every thirty minutes, and I, I do tend to go for medjool dates that are, I I quite like the chewiness of them but they dissolve quite quickly in my mouth so that works for me and um, ideally I, I go for two dates every 30 minutes that that's my aim but sometimes that can feel like too much carbohydrate for me so it might be more like one every 30 minutes now I'm particularly 
um, carbohydrate sensitive. So that's my reason for that. Um, but I think that's one of the other good things about having the Ellis kitchen pouches. It, you can mix and match. You don't have to have the same thing all the way through and that can help you. Um, but thinking about the dates, I would like to share my practical tips on this. Um, so my gel dips are very sticky. Uh, so what I tend to do is I, I take the stone out of them and I wrap them in a small paper cupcake. So I don't even have to cut the paper up. I just get a piece of paper out of the, the cupcake out of the packet and I, I wrap them up. What I tend to do is I get a box of dates and I'll do a whole box and I'll keep them in a in a sealed container and then I can just grab them before I go out on a training run. Um, so, yeah, my handy hint for the day. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, Karen, a question that we get asked all the time, and I'm, I know we've answered this before, but I'll ask it again because I think it's interesting for people to know, is why do we suggest real foods for run fueling rather than gels? Yes, well, the, the, the reason we, we always suggest um, real food is because many of the gels do contain sweeteners, also additives that are often aren't made from 100% natural ingredients, which means that they might be hard to tolerate and could actually cause the digestive distress. So it's maybe not necessarily the, the, um, the, the, in the natural ingredients but it's the additives that they put in it's the sweetness that they put in that could lead to the to the distress now as nutritional therapists we always do promote a food first approach um, because food sources contain more than just carbohydrates I think that's the other thing runners get fixated on the macros but it's it's about real food it's about the micronutrients as well so and the and the real food sources contain so much more, you know, the micronutrients, they've got antioxidant um, nutrients and um, lots of other healing and helpful properties to them. So and that's going to contribute to um, overall um, um, health status as well as helping achieve your running goals. Now, having said that, some runners prefer a gel for convenience. So if this is the case, we would suggest checking the labels and choose the brands that that do use the natural ingredients. So the likes of the the honey stinger. Now, one um, honey stinger contains twenty one grams of carbohydrates, so that's a high amount. And as you can imagine, because the 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 base of it is honey, and honey is a natural uh, sugar, so um, it, it is a good source of quick release carb carbohydrates. And also the Huma gels. Now they one sachet contains twenty five grams of carbohydrates, so um, that is a really high amount per per sachet. So really good, really good um, uh, choices there. I think now. What we would say is always read the label, whatever gel or bar or whatever it may be you pick up, just read the label first and check what's in there. Uh, Aileen, do you have any tips on um, practicing during run fueling that you would add here? Um, yeah, I think one of the main things to consider is what you mentioned earlier, Karen, is is um eating small amounts to begin with. So my suggestion is choose one of the foods we've mentioned and try eating a small amount to begin with. So, for example, if you're going to try the medjool day, start with one day after 30 minutes, but just eat one day on the first time that you go out for a run. And then on the next long run, uh, 
try eating two dates, um, one at 30 minutes and one at 60 minutes. And you're just gradually building up. And as you, you mentioned that phrase, digestive tolerance, um, that's going to help you. And then over a period of time, you can build it up to the amount of carbohydrate you need related to uh, you know how you're running uh, and I think the other thing that's really helpful is to know how you feel during and after you run so if you do experience digestive systems you might notice that after a few practices these symptoms disappear um, so as you said it's all about your digestive system adapting uh, to eating while you're running and adapting to processing those quick release carbohydrates when you run um, so it's all about trialing out foods. And as we always say, it's about practice, practice, practice. But the other thing that I just want to say when you're thinking about how you're feeling is, did you feel better? Were you more energized? Did you recover more quickly? Because that's the other reason for doing this. Um, and, um, you know, that I, I, my, I've got a very vivid uh, reflection of the days when I didn't fuel and how exhausted I felt. And sometimes I just was really running on empty. Um, so once you learn to use these foods in the right way, it can actually make your, your running experience much more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. And another suggestion that I have here whilst you're in this practice phase is because you're probably going to be doing one long run a week, you might want to trial eating in shorter runs as well. So, for example, on one hour runs, not that you'll need the fueling for the distance, but it's just a way of starting um, to train your digestive system to receive food. So it doesn't have to be a lot of food either, but you're just starting that training process because the digestive system can be trained, but it will take time. And again, that's going to be very individual. Some people will need a longer period of time for the digestive system to adapt than others. And also, it's a good idea at this duration of running to start thinking about using electrolytes in your water. Because, again, that's something you want to be able to get to get used to because um, electrolytes for some people can make them um, feel a bit nauseous. Now, at this stage, really be conscious of increasing your water um, especially relating it to the weather. And you might find that you are sweating more because of the environmental temperature that you're in, maybe because you're working harder and over longer distances as well. So all of these things need to be taken into consideration when thinking about hydration. Now, you might want to um, use electrolytes where you just drop them into your into your water. It's just like water um, salt drops or electrolyte drops because there's more than just salt in them. Now we recommend the elite drops, and you can get various sizes of the the bottles, including a pocket size, which is really great if you feel that you need to to take it with you to top up your water bottle and um, whilst out on your training run and certainly in a race as well. Now, um, if you do fancy trialing the Elite Drops, um, if you go to elitewater.co.uk, you can use um, a discount code, which is RHH15, and that will get you 15% discount on all of your purchases. And I have to say, both Aileen and I use Elite, and we highly recommend them. So we do hope that you um, that you like them as, as much as we do, because 
chocolates that are just so easy to use. They're more or less tasteless, a little bit of salty taste maybe, but that is it. So, um so that's it. So Aileen, after that, um, I'm going to hand over to you and maybe you could just give a brief chat about post-run fueling for us. Yeah, well, I think there's there's two things to consider when you're you're planning your post-run fueling. The first thing is to get into the habit of eating some quick-release carbohydrate immediately after an endurance run, so within 30 minutes of completing your run. And the reason for that is to optimise glucose uptake and gl- glycogen storage. Um, so simple things that you could choose would be a quick-release carbohydrate snack with no no added protein, so just purely quick-release carbohydrate. So um, things like uh, honey, ripe banana, raisins, mango slices. My my one of choice is honey because I can just put the jar of honey on the kitchen worktop and then it's there for me as soon as I walk in the door before I do anything else. Um, so that's the first thing to think about. And the second thing is to eat your next snack or your next meal within two hours of completing your run. And the ratio of carbohydrate to protein in that snack or meal should be um, four parts carbohydrate to one part protein. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an important thing to remember, too. So, Karen, would you explain why that ratio is so important? Yes, the reason that it is recommended that you have this four to one carbs to to protein, sort of roughly two hours after after you finish um, an endurance run or race, is to really kickstart the the muscle repair. And also it's there to um, support the immune system. It can also help to prevent the, the delayed onset muscle soreness that so many of us experience. But it also can help to speed up recovery. And that's then going to support you in your subsequent training sessions. And also it, it will help to support those um, physical training adaptations that occur from, um, from a, a running. So those are the key reasons for for having the, the, the protein carbohydrates together. Now, some suggestions would be um, uh, snacks, maybe a smoothie or perhaps um, maybe oat cakes with mackerel or sardines, um, sardine patty um, and have that maybe either on toast or the oat cakes, like I say, or to have toast with an egg, depending on your preferences. So, and what I would say is whatever you choose as your meal, just ensure that, again, you have the proportions of the carbohydrates and proteins um, that we've just spoken about. So, for example, you want to have maybe a big sweet um, sweet potato, maybe a jacket sweet potato, and then having that with some cottage cheese and salad, or maybe having something like a chicken casserole with rice. So you're still having that four to one ratio of rice to chicken but again it's a it's a it's a complete and it's a balanced meal as well now we do have episodes dedicated to food for pre during and post training so do check those out because there's lots of information there and they're episodes 34 35 and 36 respectively so um 
you, you might want to go back and look at look and listen to those. So we hope that we've managed to convince you now of the importance of the pre, during and post run fueling. And do remember to practice this for all of your runs that are over 90 minutes in duration. That is the key point. Okay, so there, let's now pause for a short advert break, Aileen. So over to you. Okay, thank you. So this is a moment in the episode where Karen and I take a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And we hope that today you're getting lots of value from this episode. Um, However, it can sometimes be helpful to have a short summary and maybe some visuals to help you put our suggestions into practice. So today we thought we'd let you know about our 30 minute half marathon plus video lesson. So it's, um, it's a short video lesson which consolidates all the nutritional information we've been sharing with you today. It gives a focus on how you can adjust the macronutrient balance for moderate and heavy training. And it gives you an example of a one day food plan. Now, um, it also helps you look at um, what you need to do for race race day and for tr- longer training runs by focusing on a hard training or a race day training plate. Um, so we, we go into a little bit more information about that. Uh, we talk in a bit more de- depth about how to use the quick re- release carbohydrates and the slow slow release carbohydrates and how to use them strategically. And we also give you a downloadable PDF of the athlete plate diagrams that we've mentioned during the episodes, um, as well as some menu suggestions. Um, so if you're interested in having a little bit of extra information, um, you can buy our 30 minute half marathon marathon plus video lesson and it's available at our website for 29 pounds if you look at the runners uh, the, the website which is runnershealthhub.com uh, check out the work with earth's tab and it's it's on the list there and you can buy it and download it straight away and uh, that will be of great help for you and something that you can go back to regularly during your training Great. Thanks, Aileen. Okay, so now let's move on to our final area for discussion today, which is all about fueling for a long training run. Now, we have already given you our tips on pre, during and post fueling, but there are some additional things that you might need to consider when you have a long training run. So when you get into running half marathon and longer distances, actually, it's, it is really time to adapt the amount of food you eat on those heavy training days, really just to ensure that you are fueling your training and your racing appropriately so that you can maintain the energy to see you through your training and and through the race. Now, for most runners training for a half marathon, you will probably have one long run per week, I would think. And um, as you get closer to race day, your mileage may be getting nearer to that half marathon distance. Now, on those days, we would suggest that you focus your food portions and macro ratios around a moderate training plate. So, Really, it is about eating enough. Eating enough is really important at this point. Now, one of the concepts we teach our clients is switching between the different athletes' plates that um, that particularly helps people focus on the macronutrient requirements as your training changes. Now, as distance 
increases the distribution of the macronutrients on the plate do need to change as well. So on those days when um, you're completing your long endurance run, you're really thinking about adjusting your carbohydrate content and adjusting that up to reflect the energy expenditure, so the energy usage of, of that run. So Looking at it roughly, you want to be moving from a quarter of a plate of carbohydrates to a third of a plate of carbohydrates as your training distance increases. Now, there isn't any change to your protein or your fat intake at this point um, because they are still going to be required for fueling as well as muscle strength, muscle recovery and repair following the run. So, so ensure that you don't increase your carbohydrates to the detriment of your protein it's important to keep that um, high as well. But what you want to be doing instead is reducing your vegetable intake a little, but still ensuring that your intake of them is varied and also consistent. You're still wanting to have your vegetables at each meal. It may be um, just on those long training days that it's slightly less. And also, just as a reminder, it is also important to adjust your hydration the same as you're adjusting your your nutrition. And that will really depend on the temperatures and your sweat rate. Um, and, and, and like we said before, it might mean that you, you need to be adding in some electrolyte drops to your water. And um, but but always, always just continue to ensure that your food choices and your snack choices are natural and healthy to support your running performance, but also to support your everyday health. That's really comprehensive, Karen. So that's giving everybody a really good view on what to do on your long training day, um, because it's likely that you're going to be doing shorter runs on other days. But on this long training run that builds up uh, that's where you need to be changing your athlete plate Um, so what we suggest that you do is that you use the moderate training plate for your evening meal before your long run and for each of your meals on the day of your long run and that's going to make sure you're adequately fueled and you recover well too and then you can go back to using an easy training plate uh, following that, so long as your training load is reduced. Um, so just as a reminder that the athlete plates are, are a tool that we use and they're available with all of our programs. So the, the video lesson that I mentioned for Half Marathon Plus, it's also part of our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program, our Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner program. And of course, as part of our personalized nutrition program. So there, and it's an integral part of, of what we teach. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about the different ways that you can work with us, remember that we do offer a free work with us call and you can find that uh, at our website, runnershealthhub.com and uh, book a a free chat with us and, and we can help you. Mm, and uh, you know that those like you say Aileen those um, athletes plates are integral to everything that we do and they are incredibly supportive and we use them ourselves um, as as a guide for our own training so invaluable okay so I think that really brings us to the end of today's episode Aileen but um, before we go would you just mind rounding up with your key takeaways please 
Yeah, sure. So the the first thing we talked about was the importance of nutrition foundations and hydration foundations uh, for everyday meal plans and for that easy training that we talked about. And we suggested that if you're an early morning runner, that you can try out fasted state running um, for easy runs under 90 minutes. But when you get to the Uh, runs of over 90 minutes, we recommend that you eat a pre-run meal or snack um, one to two hours, depending on what you're eating before you you go on that run. And if you can't fit in a a pre-run meal, then um, what you must do is have a quick release carbohydrate snack in the 30 to 60 minutes before your run. For any runs over 90 minutes, this is the, the moment where you need to start practicing your pre-during during and post-fueling. And then uh, when you do your long training run, uh, remember to use the moderate training plate and increase your carbohydrate portion to um, at least a third of a plate. Um, and remember that you know, we've got more information and support available for you in the half marathon uh, and beyond lesson, uh, which is only £29 and it's available from our website. We'll put a link in the show notes um, so that you can find it there or else just look at our website, runnershealthhub.com. So I think that's uh, all for my key takeaways. And I really hope that's helped everybody uh, plan their nutrition for the half marathon training. Yes, definitely, Aileen. Thank you. I think you've given everybody lots of helpful hints and tips on fueling appropriately for half marathon training. Uh, but if you do have any questions that come up from this episode, do drop us an email at um, hello at runnershealthhub.com or message us via Facebook. And finally, everyone, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. 
Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.